one, two. Check one, two, one, two. Good. You ready? This is all. Hey, it's Cassidy Pope, Gabby Barrett. It's Darius Rucker. Country. Hey, y'all, this is Luke Bryan. We're Runaway June. It's Scotty McCreary. Hey, it's Russell Dickerson here. News. Big news from Brothers Osborne, new music from Cole Swindell, and an interview with Tierra Kennedy. I'm Rebecca Porter, and here's everything you need to know in country music for the week of December 4th, 2023. This week's episode of the All Country News Podcast is brought to you by Good Sentiments, the candle line partnering with your favorite artists to create custom scents that benefit the charity of their choice. Get yours at shopgoodsentiments.com now. And now for the hottest news in country this week. Have to kick this week off with some super exciting touring announcements. First up, Brothers Osborne announced they would be hitting the road In, of course, the most hilarious way ever, in a video featuring their parents. As if that wasn't already exciting enough, they even announced that they'll be bringing some incredible newcomers out on the road with them, including Stephen Wilson Jr., The Cadillac 3, Zach Top, Jackson Dean, Madeline Edwards, and Kaylee Hammock. Every single one of those artists or bands I just named are literally incredible. And if they're not already on their way to blowing up, they will be even more so after this tour. So plan accordingly. This is not going to want to be a show that you miss out on. And make sure that you head over to their Instagram page now for their hilarious announcement. Jason Aldean also announced that he'll be hitting the road and taking with him some great up-and-comers as well. Haley Witters, Lauren Elena, Chase Matthews, Austin Snell, and longtime friend DJ Silver. If you want to attend the show, tickets are already on sale. Head over to jasonaldean.com now. And speaking of touring, major congratulations are in order for Morgan Wallen and Luke Combs, who have been dubbed country's biggest tours of 2023, with Morgan Wallen topping gross sales and Luke Combs drawing the largest crowds. According to a year-end report, Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time tour grossed a whopping $260,355,000 in touring revenue across 44 stops. Over 1.3 million people attended a Wallen show in 2023, coming out to an average of over 30,000 per show. Close behind him, revenue-wise, was Luke Combs with $133,512,000 following his worldwide run, but he had the most fans coming out to his show with a whopping 1.4 million attendees, even with two less shows than Mr. Wallen. Other big tours of the year included Eric Church, Shania Twain, and King George Strait. You can check out the country music by numbers in 2023 all up on allcountrynews.com now. Speaking of hot tours, we also have Ernest who brought back the heat at back-to-back sold-out Ryman shows. We have all the photos up for you now on allcountrynews.com and these shows were absolutely legendary. On the first night, he was joined 
joined by Keith Urban for a cover of Slow Dancing in a Burning Room, which is one of my favorite John Mayer songs of all time. And he was also joined by friend and collaborator Hardy for More Than My Hometown. Night two saw Morgan Wallen join for a performance of the pair's Flower Shops and Cowgirl. Jelly Roll even popped up for their co-written Son of a Sinner. And Charles Kelly joined for Songs We Used to Sing, as well as Dean Dillon coming out for their collab, What Have I Got to Lose? He also catered to impromptu fan requests from the audience, breaking into a version of Comfortable When I'm Crazy. All of this was so epic, and we have everything for you up now on allcountrynews.com. Continuing on with amazing performances, Oliver Anthony is set to make his Grand Old Opry debut December 16th. I, for one, cannot wait to see the footage from this. We have all the details up on our site now. Make sure you check it out. Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood honored former First Lady Rosalind Carter with a touching song which was a beautiful rendition of John Lennon's classic, Imagine. They were bonded by their love of philanthropy, and both couples had a soft spot for Habitat for Humanity. The country hitmakers also served as hosts for this year's Carter's Work Project. You can check out the full beautiful tribute up on allcountrynews.com now. This next story I love so much. Jelly Roll's $1,000 Thanksgiving dressing drama ended in a boost for a Nashville restaurant. For those of you who may have not seen Come Thanksgiving, Jelly Roll was in a bit of a pickle. His wife had told him that he needed to pick up the dressing for Thanksgiving dinner, and he forgot. So in a last-minute scramble, he turned to social media for help in securing his favorite Thanksgiving dressing from Bar's Music City Soul Food. In a video that quickly went viral with over 3.4 million views, he pleaded with fans to help him get in touch with this restaurant, and through luck he did, and they accepted his $1,000 offer. They expressed their gratitude in an updated video on social media, thanking him for both the generous offer and the unexpected publicity. The restaurant's newfound fame even attracted local news stations for interviews, turning this Thanksgiving dressing saga into a heartwarming tale of community and generosity. I love stories like these. It honestly just goes to show the power of social media and the loyalty of fans, as well as the spirit during giving holiday season. So if you want to check that out, again, we have all the footage up for you on allcountrynews.com. Kelsey Ballerini recently wowed fans with an impressive live performance of a new song at the Opry. It's titled To the Men Who Love Women After Heartbreak. And if this wasn't already exciting enough to hear lyrics about her new beau, Chase Stokes, she brought two incredible artists out on stage with her. And that was none other than Karen Fairchild and Hillary Lindsay. Now, for those of you who may not know Hillary Lindsay, she is an incredible songwriter. Look her up. She has had her hands in so many incredible songs and country music. And we all know Karen Fairchild. She is just a dream. And seeing these three ladies on stage together performing this song that they just wrote was so special. We have that up for you on allcountrynews.com now. It is a can't miss for the week. And I am so excited to see this new music coming out of Kelsey. 
you know, we had her latest album talking about her divorce, and now we're going to get to hear all about the after and what is to come for her and her healing journey. And if it's anything like rolling up the welcome mat, I say we're in for a huge treat. Luke Combs recently teased a new song on Instagram titled Noah's Arkansas. Just him, his voice, and a guitar, which honestly, pure heaven for me. And I'm sure so many of you, he just has the most beautiful voice. But this song is so incredible. We are in for a treat. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you head to his socials now to look it up. Now it's time to dive into new music this week. Have to kick things off with Cole Swindell, who paid homage to Children of Divorce in his touching new single, Three Feet Tall. And this song literally brought me to tears. I am a child of divorce, and this song just hit me so hard. I feel like anyone who has been through a divorce as well and, you know, who is obviously a child of divorce or maybe even parents who just have a struggling relationship, this song will put you all in your feels. Make sure you grab a Kleenex before you push play. Next up, we have Lainey Wilson, who breathes life into a new track nearly two decades old with I Would If I Could. And she does this such justice. I mean, there's just nothing she can't do. She could literally sing the alphabet, put it on iTunes, and I'm pretty sure it would go number one. She is just taking over the country world, and rightfully so. Chase Beckham released his new single, This Old Rodeo, which he wrote with Stephen Wilson Jr. It is super catchy, and I can totally see Stephen's mark on this song as well. I mean, Chase is such an incredible up-and-coming artist. I feel like he's really already made a name for himself, and this to me is just one more reason to solidify why he is where he is and why he's starting to get this recognition as a new artist. He is just really hitting it out of the park on this one. Definitely a must listen for the week. Trey Lewis released his new track, Mine Never Could, and it marks the start of a new musical chapter for him. He's shedding his old skin and proudly stepping into a new era. This song is all about watching the person you love move on so easily, and I think that is something that we can all relate to on one level or another. Definitely check this one out. It's one of those songs that I can see people like scream singing back kind of anthem wise at his shows. So definitely add to your weekend playlist. Hannah Dasher is giving us some sass this holiday season with her new single Bloody Merry Christmas. She had me at the name of this song. I could just feel the vibe from it. It is one for all those people that it gets super hectic you got to be around all your family super stressful this is going to be your new song or maybe you just really love bloody marys and christmas and this one is totally for you wyatt mccubbin released his new ep had to be wrote and i love that name i think it's super clever there's only five tracks but they're all fantastic my favorite is definitely keep your radio on but make sure you check them all out if you know me at all, you know I love holiday tunes, and I've got some more for you, this time from Co. Wetzel, whose new Christmas project, Wetzel's Wonderland, is out now, and it is definitely going to get you in the holiday spirit. Chase Bryant is back with an upbeat new track titled I Still Do, and it's all about 
getting over heartbreak and hanging on to that person who used to be with you and still doing all those same things, but now they're not by your side, which I think is so, so relatable. So make sure you check this one out. It's a breakup song, but it's also a fun track too. Cody Jinx is back and giving fans a taste of his upcoming new album with his new track, Sober Thing. I love being introduced to a new era, and I think this one is so special in so many ways. Make sure you add it to your weekly playlist. This next one is an all-country news premiere track. It's J.D. Shelburne reawakening a winter classic with Let It Snow. I love this one. His deep country vocal on this gives it a totally new spin. And as I said earlier, obsessed with holiday music. So another one you need to add to your holiday playlist. Country newcomer Eddie and the Getaway released their debut EP. It is titled Five Parts of a Heartbreak. And the songs on this will literally just hit you right in the heart, right in the gut even. Super powerful stories, but pair that with catchy melodies and this one is a hit. Again, these are going to put you all in your feels. There's a soulful song called Don't Pray For Me and a heart-wrenching song titled Pedal Down. They're all so good though. Make sure you check them out. You can listen to all the music I just mentioned and more up on our All Country News Spotify playlist. Next, we need to talk about our video of the week. Video of the week. This week's video is Lainey Wilson performing Santa Claus is Back in Town live Christmas at Graceland on NBC. And this was so special. I mean, I spoke about Lainey earlier in the episode and she literally is taking over everywhere. But Christmas at Graceland was a special that just happened. And there were so many incredible artists, including Casey Musgraves, who if you haven't been on her socials yet, has like the most Priscilla Presley look ever. In fact, I think they need to do a third movie just for her. But getting back to Lainey's performance, it is so beautiful. It is the thing that's gonna put you in the holiday spirit. If you wanna watch the video, head to allcountrynews.com now or anywhere you follow us on social media. So excited to throw it over to Bobby Dixon and Tierra Kennedy. Ask. I feel like holiday drinks, specifically at Starbucks, have become like this larger than life thing. <laughs> Are you excited to have a certain holiday drink this year? Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to be honest. I'm not a Starbucks girly. I'm not a coffee girly, but I did for, you know, like the the Halloween season or whatever, I got into the pumpkin spice latte. I mean, it is delicious. My sister works at Starbucks, so she like puts me on to all the drinks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but gosh, I don't know like what the Christmas drinks are, but I definitely have to get into it. And it's fun to have you like a little a little drink and stroll around Target. <laughs> oh my gosh, I knew I loved you. But something else that I want to ask you about is I knew you grow grew up in Alabama. I'm from Illinois, Chicago specifically, and we always associate Christmas with snow, but I have a feeling there wasn't a lot of snow for you growing up <laughs> for the holidays. <laughs> but what's something about, you know, I mean, Christmas kind of where you came from that you really love? Mm, well, I remember this was like more so for my younger sisters, but it was really fun 
every year we would um, redo their playroom. Um, and so, yeah, we would like, we would be Santa for my sisters. And so at night while they're asleep, we would revamp the playroom. And it was just something I look forward to every year because I'm not a huge, like, I gift giving and all of that is not my love language. And I'm also very minimal, so I don't love getting gifts. Yeah. Um, but I do love doing stuff for other people and like experience and experiences and stuff like that. So that was always really fun to look forward to every year. I love it. It's so funny. I used to want a lot of gifts. And now that I'm older, I'm like, can I just have like money for a vacation? Or do you like want to pay, pay a bill for an appointment? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> I love it. But I think when we got to see you at St. Jude, that was so exciting for me because I've been a huge fan of you, but I was too embarrassed to ask you on the carpet. And now I'm just going to ask you now, what is your hair care regimen? Because I am so <laughs> obsessed. Your hair is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My mom actually does my hair. Um, I don't let anybody other than my mom touch my hair. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's mastered like the color and the volume and all of that. Um, and yeah, I just, I wake up in the morning, I put some water on it, some moisturizer and it just kind of does this thing. And the bigger, the better. I don't really yeah. tease it, but I do like push it up a little bit. <laughs> no, I love it. But talk to me about growing up. I love that you have sisters. I am the oldest sister of some as well. So talk to me about some of your favorite memories growing up. And do you like remember certain music playing in the house? I know for me, it was a lot of Stevie Nicks. Ooh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so I have two younger sisters and an older sister. Um, and it's it's funny because I'm like right in the middle. So like my older sister is 33. Um, and then my two younger sisters, um, they're in high school. And so they kind of bonded. And um, then like my older sister, she's like a bit older than me. So we like we didn't necessarily like do everything together, I guess, like you usually do with an older sister. Um so I was kind of like in the middle, like doing my own thing. Um, and as far as like music playing around the house, I mean, my mom played a lot of like, played a lot of gospel. Um, and my dad played reggae around the house. Like it was all over the map. Um, and I kind of found like, you know, pop was my thing and uh, country. So we, we were kind of all over the map when it comes to music. I love it. It's so funny. Do you remember, like, did you have a, an iP like an iPod growing up? I, I, I think I'm a little bit older than you, so I remember my neon green iPod shuffle that had everything from like Carrie Underwood to the Dixie Chicks to a little bit of Tay Tay. So, do you remember yeah. like some of that early music that you really gravitated towards that was like your own own choice that maybe wasn't gospel? Yes. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember. I don't know if my parents ever got me an iPod, but I do remember having a CD player. Yeah, really. um, and I was I was so excited, like every time to go to Walmart and to get a new CD. So I remember. I think my, one of my first CDs was probably Taylor Swift, like debut album Taylor Swift, and that was like all I listened to. I mean, I was like you know, Swifties now, like that was me at the very beginning. Like I was into like all of the secret messages. And honestly, I think that's what got me into songwriting was Taylor Swift. Like so many people, you know, I, she was writing about what I was kind of going through at the time, which was boys, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was C-Swift for me. 
I love that. So talk to me about your songwriting. That is one of my favorite things about you. I mean, other than your awesome voice, but your songwriting is so just methodical and sweet and it's so universal. So do you remember the first song you wrote and would you put it out now? (laughs) (laughs) What's funny about the first song I ever wrote, it was, it was called love you better. And, um, I wrote it about this guy at my school that I liked. Um, and he was dating this other girl and I thought she was the worst girlfriend ever. And I thought it could be better. And so I wrote this song and I played it at our talent show. And um, they were both there. <laughs> I'm very, very sad with you. Um, and uh, that was kind of like the start of, you know, my original music because people ended up liking the song. And I was like, okay, maybe I should do more of this. So I wrote like three songs. The first three songs I ever wrote, I put on an EP. And it was a very jank EP. I recorded it in our basement in a closet with like this like $20 mic, but I put it out. And that was like, that was really cool for me because it was like, oh, I'm an artist now, you know, it wasn't the best thing ever, but I was like, this is the first step. And still to this day, I have people asking where those songs are because I obviously took them off of every platform because they weren't that great. Um, but people still ask about that song. And um, I went on tour with Daniel Bradbury this year and I had a couple people that were like, I've been a fan of yours since the very beginning and um, Love You Better is one of my favorite songs. Are you going to play it? And I was like, no, sis, but I love that you're still here. <laughs> Maybe you should have like a love you better tease version and like just do it. Like Exactly. The- I should do that. That's a great oh idea. <laughs> so when did Nashville come into the conversation? I mean, where in Alabama did you grow up? I'm assuming it probably wasn't that far of a drive, right? No. So I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, so it was like a two and a half, two hour drive to Nashville. And when I started writing songs and um I, I, when I started writing songs, I wasn't specifically writing for country. I was just, I was just writing, you know, what was on my heart. And, um, I just kind of naturally fell in love with country music because, you know, it's all about the storytelling and that's what I loved. Um, and so once I kind of figured out what lane I wanted to be in, that's when I figured out that Nashville was the place to be if you wanted to be in country music. And so my parents would take trips back and forth with me. Um, I would do shows. I would write with whoever I could. I would take meetings. And we did that for a couple of years. Um, I went to, to college in, uh, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I went to college for a year. And then after that, um, I finally convinced my parents to make the move to Nashville. And they all packed up and moved to Nashville for me. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. So I think what's so fun is you are a flagship artist for Songs and Daughters, which that whole concept I'm so obsessed with because I grew up, lucky me, in the era of like women in country ruled. Like that was all you heard on the radio. Those were the people who had number ones. So talk to me about that relationship that you have with Nicole and you being really to being able to represent women in town now. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny before I moved to Nashville and even when I moved to Nashville, the the whole conversation about females and country music, I never understood it because females were all I was listening to, you know? So in my eyes, I was like, there's not, there's not a problem. Like, I like females are, 
you know, top of the game in, in my opinion. And then I, you know, moved here and got into the business and, um, Nicole has always been a writer that I've looked up to. Um, I would dissect her songs and figure out how to write songs for myself. And I remember I played a show at the listening room and um, a publisher that I was talking to at the time, Sam Derby at Big Loud. um, She was like, I'm going to bring Nicole to your show. And I'm like crapping my pants. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? That is so exciting. You know, cause I've, I've been in Nashville for a couple of years and I, I, I was working towards a publishing deal. Like that was, um, that was the goal for me, you know? Um, and so, it, you know, in, in my head, I'm like, okay, hopefully I get the chance to write with Nicole and hopefully, you know, that leads to me getting a publishing deal, um, that the day of that show, she hadn't even announced Songs and Daughters yet. I went to I went to the the announcement later that day, and that's when it all clicked for me that that was maybe a possibility. And so we talked for a, about a year. I sent songs to her. Um, you know, every time I wrote a song, I, I sent it her way, and then she eventually ended up asking me to sign a publishing deal. And I remember she called me when I was at the gym. I was mid-workout and she called me and asked me if I wanted to be a part of Songs and Daughters. And I was I'm like, I needless to say, I didn't finish my workout because I, I was just, I was just so yeah. excited. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's been so fun getting to work with her. You know, I mean, it, I, never in a million years would I have thought that I would be getting to work with somebody that I looked up to for so long. I love it. But I think it's very much a testament to your artistry and your just determination. And I think one of my favorite things that you put up recently was this very vulnerable post about like these secrets of country music, that it takes a long time to get to the top of the charts. And like radio tour is like sleep, another station, another station, no eating, like, you know, and back to back. So what kind of drove you to be more vulnerable and really share that with your fans? You know, I have, I've really been loving um, kind of sharing the behind the scenes of being an artist because as an artist, you have to post on social media and, you know, my team's always like, okay, what are we doing this week? What are we posting this week? And honestly, it is exhausting. Like I, when I moved to Nashville, like social media was important, but it wasn't the end all be all. And it kind of is these days. And I've just been trying to figure out like, what do I want, what I want to say on social media, because it can be a very negative space. And, you know, I think you can look at, you can look at other artists, you can look at other people, like even if you're not in, in, in music, you look at other people and you compare yourself. Um, And I just, I wanted to figure out a way to cater to um, the demand of social media, but do it in my own way. And for me, that was sharing those real moments. I don't want to just share, you know, the the positive, happy um, moments that happen in my life. I want to share the hard parts too, because I think like that's the majority of my life is the hard parts. Yeah, And it just, it gets to be a lot when you have to you know, when you go out to events or you go out to shows and like everybody thinks you're on top of the world and you're not. Yeah. And so to me, it's just so much more freeing 
to share those vulnerable moments. Um, and also when people, I mean, the other day, somebody told me that they, they saw my posts and they sent it to their friends and they were like, this, this applies to like, not just music, but whatever you do. And I think the fact that people are resonating with that and, you know, hopefully it makes, makes somebody's day a little bit better. Um, that's, that's enough for me. I love it. Well, I really enjoyed it. And I, I think you're right. It's very applicable to whatever your dream is. You, have you seen the, um, I guess it's not technically a meme. It's like a picture. It's like the tip of the iceberg. It's like only what you see. And it's like this big iceberg below the water. It's like, but you don't uh-huh. see all of this stuff. But I think yeah. I also love listening to your Tierra show. That is like <laughs> one of my favorite things to listen to on my hot girl walk. What about <laughs> that brings you like so much joy? Because you bring so much joy and energy to your conversations. Uh, thank you. I First off, I love my team so much. I have three producers on my team that help me put together the show. And um, at the beginning of every session, we just have a little dance party. And we just talk about life and, you know, how our week was. And that for me is, it's honestly, it's it's so healing. It's so healing to get to sit down with your friends and talk about music and talk about life. And um, it's kind of like a therapy session, honestly. Um and then with the show, I, I think I have the most fun with that because Apple really lets me do what I want. Yeah. I get to talk about the music I want to talk about. Um, I get to say what I want to say. I can, you know, uh, have like a little, I have little TRP episodes where I just kind of, you know, share what's on the heart. And then we have some dance party days. Like it's just kind of all over the map and I just want to have fun with it. And um I I just get to be who I want to be um, without any parameters around it. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's what's the most fun about it. Awesome. Well, I have to say congratulations. You're one of Nashville's most beautiful people. <laughs> like when I saw that and literally I saw it like right after we met you in Memphis and I literally very verbally out loud went, well, duh. And so <laughs> talk to me about that honor. And those pictures of you were like, frameable like maybe I'll frame them in my house and people will be like oh Oh my gosh (laughs) my husband actually my husband Cameron he was like we should put one of the magazines downstairs on our little coffee table you should (laughs) I was like no we cannot do that I do not want to walk downstairs every day and see my face let's not do that um but it was it was so cool I mean when I got the call I was um I was really thankful and you know just honestly another vulnerable moment like I was kind of in a space where um you know, I didn't have a lot going on. And so to get that call, was like, oh, people care about me. <laughs> I'm actually important, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was really fun. And I'm, I'm really thankful. Um, and I said this in, in the interview I did, but you know, it's, it's definitely a compliment to, to be, um, you know, complimented on your looks, but I, I hope that people, um, think that about, you know, me on the inside too. Um, I think it's important to, be beautiful on the inside too, and be kind to people. Um, so I, I hope I come across that way. You definitely do. But um, I think you are definitely going to be at the top of my Spotify wrapped because Jesus, my mom, <laughs> my therapist is like all I've been listening to <laughs> lately. So talk to me about that idea and kind of walk me through that creative process. Yeah. So I wrote that um, with a couple of my friends, um, Emily Landis, um, it was her idea. She threw out the title therapist and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I know that it's going to be good. Let's mm-hmm. definitely write that. 
And we just kind of started singing the chorus. Um, it just kind of came out and um, we kind of wrote it from the perspective of, you know, being from a small town and not being able to trust everybody with your business. Cause once you tell one person, everybody knows. <laughs> uh, but I think that applies to honestly anywhere, like the workplace, whatever, you know, um, you can't trust your secrets with everybody. Um, and this song, it kind of is a, uh, I feel like it's a throwback to like 2000s country, um, like Suds in the Bucket, Sarah Evans. It kind of gives me those vibes, which I love. And so it was fun to kind of get to show that that side of my music in that song. I love it. And I love the music video too. It's so <laughs> just bubbly and fun, but I can't believe we're about to turn over another year. I feel like the older I get, the faster these years go, I go, Oh my God, how is it already Christmas? This is I know. insane. But what is something that you would really love to get done, you know, in 2024? Um, what's a big goal that you have? I think to be out on the road more. Um, I've spent this year writing music and recording music for my first, um, my debut album, which I'm super pumped about. Um, so yeah, I hope I can get out on the road and play all of those songs for everybody. This week's episode of the All Country News podcast is brought to you by Good Sentiments, the candle line partnering with your favorite artists to create custom scents that benefit the charity of their choice. Get yours at shopgoodsentiments.com now. Good sentiments. That's all the country news I have for you this week. Visit allcountrynews.com for more news and content from your favorite artists. I'm Rebecca Porter, signing off for All Country News. My name is Rebecca Porter. I run Women of Country Edits and Marin's Girls on Instagram. Both seek to celebrate women in the music industry and all things girl power. Thanks for listening. The All Country News podcast is produced by Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you loved this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. Shout out to our friends Track 45 who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club where you just might get a huge surprise from one of your favorite artists on your birthday. Subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter to get all the news you just heard in this podcast even earlier, delivered straight to your inbox. And check out a new episode every Tuesday right here. All Country News.